Hello and welcome to the Crazy Rich Asians Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Wong. I am joined once again by the person that I stole this concept and voice from, William Liu. William Liu, welcome back. That's a pretty good impression, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've I've studied all your intros, man. Oh, wow. So yeah. those, those retweets weren't fake. You actually were been listening. Yo, you know, real ones know I'm the first one to retweet your 10 things every time. That's facts. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just, you know, a habit of me somehow being on Twitter all the time. Um, like I don't even have you on text notification, but mm. you know, I've been, I've been your biggest supporter, you know, you, you were first a huge fan of mine and now the tables have turned. I mean, it's facts. That's I, I but I appreciate that. You know, this is like when, uh, <laughs> wow, this guy's talking down to me already. I yeah. appreciate No, this is like when Kobe went up against uh wizards, MJ, which I only watched on YouTube, not on live television. That was your last dance. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is it right here you're putting up 20 for the wizards right now <laughs> yeah okay wow uh wow i'm gonna have to learn how to edit actually all right so let's get right into it this week we are going to do a react pod on crazy rich asians i got the wikipedia page up the 2018 american romantic comedy filmed directed by john chu based on the 2013 novel by kevin kwong and it stars an ensemble cast constance Wu, henry golding long list of names that we'll get into First of all, on your rewatch, mm. what were some initial reactions? Um, I still enjoyed it, you know? I, I think I the weirdest thing about watching it now is in the time of coronavirus, like there's a like I was reading this article where they were saying like ninety percent of Republicans dislike China right now and like sixty seven percent of Democrats, and I'm like, this is shockingly high. So I was like watching the movie through that lens and I was like this movie doesn't get made in 2020, like guaranteed not. Like no one wants to see Asian people prancing like this. But um, no, I enjoyed it though. I enjoyed it just as much as I when I first saw it. Um, it's like you know, because the thing is, like I love rom coms, and I had never seen like an Asian rom com before. Like I saw Joy Luck Club later on, but um, but yeah, this was like like the first like real Asian rom com. So like I enjoy the hell out of it, man. It's uh, it's fun. It's 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 sweet. It has a lot of like cultural. Uh, notes. I don't know why I'm describing it like a coffee blend, but it's got notes of vanilla in it. So yeah, I don't know. We're reviewing the Tim Hortons uh, double double coffee here today. Okay. I'm not I relaxed. Know, I'm not on it. I didn't know you were uh, a rom com guy. This is news to me. Yeah, 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 my favorite movie of all time probably is Hitch. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Let's do a react pod on Hitch sometime. Oh, then. definitely. I've, I've never watched it. I've never watched it. Yeah, it's gonna stand up to the test of time. I promise. Uh, yeah, I doubt it, but uh, we can also do In the Mood for Love if you if you've never seen that. No, what is that? That's a Chinese movie. Oh, it is. Wow. Yeah. Oh man, Damn. my boy John's gonna be so disappointed. It's uh yeah, it's a two thousand yeah, it's a two thousand movie with okay. Maggie Chung and Tony Lung. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm down. A, I mean, listen, I got time. So. Yeah, I'll ship you the uh, Criterion edition. It should arrive in six to eight weeks. <laughs> um. Initial thoughts for me, you know, watching the movie, I actually, when I watched it the first time, was a little bit disappointed in this movie. And maybe just because I think I'm just a hater in general. Like, like whenever Asians get into the spotlight and do, like, movies and TVs and things like that, I just set really high expectations. Like, I not only want a movie that is a full Asian cast, but I also want it to be, like, really good and critically acclaimed. And, you know, I came out of it disappointed. The first time but on rewatch i really 
enjoyed this movie and i think the second time i just took it more for for what it was mm -hmm. which is a fun romantic comedy and it's not supposed to like dive into every single you know issue about you know class and race uh when it comes to asians so um you know i, I definitely the second time around enjoyed it way more uh, i love just the pettiness of all the wealthy people um, because it's just super relatable. Uh, I love how everybody is about <laughs> <Okay>. to gossip. <laughs> no, but Chinese people love to gossip. Right? Yeah, it's facts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think the first scene when Michelle Yeoh meets uh, Constance Wu's character, she right away asks, "What you do? What your parents do?" Basically asking, "Are your parents wealthy?" Mm. Um, and that is a super Asian move. Um, the the second thing for me, um, I don't know about you, but I kept uh, kept thinking about what it be, it would be like if this was a parasite situation and there was actually a family living in the basement of the mansion, in in Singapore. Uh, I thought that would have been hilarious. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No reaction. Crossover? There. No, no, yeah. no. That'd be a great crossover. <laughs> now that you're mentioning, it, yeah. I mean, pretty much the whole. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the other thought is, I thought uh, Nick. Well, first of all. Listen, Henry Golding. Henry Golding is a star in this mm. movie. Um, plays Nicholas Young, but he goes by Nick Young, <laughs> which I totally forgot was the funniest thing at the time when the movie released. Like, I know it's based on a novel and they couldn't change the names, but could we not have another name that wasn't Swaggy P? <laughs> yeah, that was crazy because everyone was like, "You're dating Nick Young," and I'm thinking like, "Yeah, yeah it would be nuts if you were dating Nick Young." <laughs> like, I don't want to date Swaggy P, but then, no, nah, it's his like random Asian guy. Yeah, as as huge MBA, as huge NBA fans, it was honestly a little bit distracting. Mm, yeah. uh, and um, other sort of thoughts. Um, Nick's second cousin, you know, the fashion guy. I think his name was Nico. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Like dresses up Constance at the end. Um, man, we gotta get him in real life to take you to SVP outlet for a makeover. <laughs> I think that would be an incredible episode. No, the, the issue is not the issue is not me going to SVP. Trust me, all right. <laughs> the issue is I gotta go to other places. And, and I've already also, got everything good at SVP. And also, my, my last question for you before we get into the ten things is: Do you think the wedding costs more than what Tillman Fertitta has has paid into the Rockets the past two years? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. What it's you, you think when the NBA extended their credit line to one point two billion, like how much of that was for Tillman? <laughs> Tillman Fertitta sending emails this week to Adam Silver saying, "Hey, did you see these photos of Drake's crib? I think we can play the playoffs there." <laughs> Yo, Tillman Fertitta makes like the minimum payment on every credit card. He's only sending in like ten bucks. He's like uh, James Harden, I owe you forty six million dollars this year. Here's ten dollars this month, and uh, next month I'm gonna get you. Don't worry. He keeps telling Daniel House he's going to Venmo him soon. Oh, <laughs> no, <man. yes. laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's get into the 10 things. Um, so I did my homework this week. I know you did a lot last week. You, you were exhausted um, when we did our Uncut Gems pod. So I'm stepping up on my own podcast. First thing, delicious, colon. Okay, um, wow. The food scenes. The mm -hmm. food scenes really stood out to me. Um, in the kitchen at the mansion when they were preparing for the party, yep. when they first get to Singapore and they hit up the food court, um, when they're making dumplings. Um, I thought that was one of the best parts of this movie, especially being an Asian movie. It really highlighted that part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, just first off, again, because we're in this pandemic right now and you can't go outside, just like watching like a family get together and make dumplings, which is like um just super normal like this is just what every family does like everyone like within the family has a role like i'm not very good at wrapping so i end up doing a lot of like the the boiling of the dumplings and stuff like that 
Um, but it's like a whole assembly line set up and like they had that going. Um, I, and of course, like the, the food scene is just like nuts. When they're at like the food market, I'm just like, I can't wait to like go out. That might be like, like first fit back is great. Like you should got first meal back as well. Just like make it a whole franchise. I don't want to tell you how to run Instagram because I don't even have one. But, you know, um, maybe maybe think about that. Because like, yo, my, honestly, my first meal back, it would probably be ideally something like this where you go to the food market and you just get everything. Um, no, the food in this thing is incredible. And they, like they actually are able to really communicate things with their food. Like, um, especially with Asian people, like one of the, the, the grandma who randomly speaks Mandarin, even though the rest of the family speaks Cantonese. Um, she okay, fact checker. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. I just listen. I, I just whatever generational differences. Who knows? Um, but yeah, she, her one of the first things she said was, "Have you eaten yet?" Which is like basically in Chinese, you know, that's basically how parents say "I love you." Is like, "Have you eaten yet? Are you hungry?" So it was cool, man. The food was great. That's her number one. Yeah, well, they, these were like in a sorted order, oh, okay. and I'm, 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 I might have been like kind of messed up off two edibles when I made these notes. So my my second thing is a swaggy colon. So we talked about Henry Golding as Nick Young. I thought he was a standout mm. in this movie, and just looking at the character, the way it was built up. Like first of all, if you're an Asian dude and your name is Nicholas, like you're rich. Oh yeah. Like yeah. like I've never met a Nicholas that's not like upper middle class at least. Yeah. No, it requires like, like, like some knowledge of. Yeah. yeah, like like you're, you're you're getting bottle service. Your jawline's looking good. Like you're flying business class. Um, you've got a you know healthy amount of Instagram followers. But I, the thing I like about Henry's character Nick is that he he is like there's like some depth to him, and by depth I mean he still uses Rachel's Netflix password even though he's <laughs> rich as shit. Yep. And and he isn't too cool to hit up like the street food vendors because there are people who get to a certain point where they're too good for that stuff mm -hmm. so um i thought he was one of my favorite characters um in the movie i don't know how you feel about nick young swaggy swaggy c swaggy chinese <laughs> swaggy c holy <laughs> shit oh my god oh shit um yeah you know what one thing that really struck me about him is um so here's the thing he at no point does he really stand up to his family, <laughs> even though he could have. He could have solved a lot of her problems. Okay, another another Asian trait, just kind of looking the other way. Exactly, yeah. especially for yeah. Asian sons. Like we just don't yeah. really do shit, man. Um, yeah. You know, and, and and yeah, like it was. I think it was said at one point, just like you know, Asian sons like basically always cater to their moms and stuff like that. And it's it's honestly, I mean, it's a stereotype, but it's also kind of true. Like. um yeah, like he, he could have just taken on a lot of um, Constance Wu's battles. I don't know why I never remember people's names in the movies, just like their their names. But um, yeah, so Constance's uh, character is Rachel. I got the Wikipedia right, page. Right, right, Rachel True, right. Um, yeah, like he could have taken on a lot of her battles by just like standing up for her. But every single time he was there, he was just like, oh, wow, this is a big problem. What are we going to do? Rachel, you're going to fix it? All right, later. And then it's, you know, whatever. But no, he's, he's great. Uh, like great choice in casting, like super handsome dude. Um, I don't know what else to say. He's just yeah, he's good. He's good. No, this 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 dude could play like Superman or something, man. Yeah, like he's got that type of charisma, and, and it's funny you point out that you know this is the type of dude, and and he reminds me a little of myself in that way, who has just close, <laughs> who has not not looks nah, like. Not nah. looks like. <laughs> let's be clear. Let's be clear. But Five but in terms of he has coasted through life, and you could tell. That, you know, he avoids conflict because he's never really had to deal with any real conflict in his life. That's true. 
Um, he, you know, everything has always worked out for this guy. And even in this movie, it ends up working out. Yeah. Like, what true conflict did he have to deal with outside <laughs> of going to a really bad bachelor party? Nothing. Which he got out of, like, miraculously. Like, the, yeah. that, that night, he was just like, yeah, we, we just, like, landed. Yo, by the way, he, so he apparently has a helicopter license. <laughs> yeah. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, I don't know, like, since the Kobe thing, I've been really leery of seeing anyone go on helicopters. It's a weird thing. But, like, whatever. So, he's on a helicopter. And then, like, they escaped, like, the little cargo ship. Like, why are you partying on a cargo ship? That's, not, like, the least glamorous part about being Asian is cargo ships. Um, but, yeah, he, like, escapes the cargo ship on a helicopter. And then he, like, lands it in some island. But he just lands it on, like, a rock in the middle of the ocean. I'm like, bro, bro. Like, it's, it's, it's like, barely, the rock is barely bigger than the actual helicopter. I was like... Some true level of skill right here to, to land. I don't know. Are well, helicopters hard to land? I don't know. Well, here's the thing. Like, as we've seen based on the photos of Drake's crib recently, rich people don't know how to spend their money. This is true. This is true. Like, like rich people get to a point where they have too much money. And, you know, w what what can you do? When you're flying a helicopter onto this, like, island or whatever, like, you've reached a point where you have too much money. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, and it brings me a great transition to my next point. Uh, my third thing is a uh, wild card uh, colon, and this is about uh, Jimmy Yang, who plays the Bernard Tai character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought it was a great addition to the cast. Um, you know, I, I had written down, you know, he he like ran the bachelor party basically and organized the whole thing for uh, Nick's uh, Nick's friend uh, Colin. And I wrote that, you know, his focus, his level of focus and energy of running that bachelor party reminded me of Kawhi Leonard uh, fourth quarter game five against the Milwaukee Bucks. He just he just okay. completely he just completely took over the situation, faced up Brooke Lopez multiple times, got offensive rebounds on his own missed shots. Uh -huh. uh, I, I thought he did a great job on a bachelor party. Is he someone that you would trust to uh, plan your bachelor party? Um, I mean, it, it was pretty well thought out. Uh, you know, I mean, you know what, what what really impressed me about Hit is that like there's a lot of crazy characters. Like pretty much like all the side characters are a little bit off. Like everyone is you know like wacky and zany. Like Pecklin is you know strange. Um, all the cousins are strange. Ronnie Chang's strange. The guy Remy High's character is strange. Like all of them are weird. But like Jimmy is like like by far in a way the weirdest. Oh, Ken, Ken Jong is weird too. He was terrible in this. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Don't worry. That's the <laughs> Ken next. Jong that's was the, terrible, that's the next. Don't worry. That's the next thing. Yeah, hold that. Okay. Up, All right, but but yeah, Jimmy really does like steal every scene. He's like legitimately funny. I think in his role, he plays it really well. Um, and you know, as someone who had to like recently plan a bachelor party, like I get the pressure that comes with it, man. So he really delivered. Seems like everyone had a good time. I mean, like literally two of the bridal party, including the groom, like dip. But you know. Everyone else got massages and drank and it made sense. No, I think he took kind of the basic bachelor party template and just dialed it up by like $10 million. Yeah. And I respect it. My next note um, was uh, is over the top. Mm. Um, just I just wrote, I just hate Ken Jong, man. Like every time <laughs> this man shows up in anything, you just expect him to make like a small Chinese dick joke, like like one minute in. Like yeah, just yeah. get it out of the way. Like I know you <laughs> want to do it, Ken. Like this man just like I, I don't know why he was in this movie. Like uh, if, if you're trying to make an Asian movie and you're trying to like just, you know, be proud of it, that, that mm. there's this like blockbuster uh, motion film, like why have this man in it, man? 
that, no, seriously, he's, I mean, I, I think he, I kind of enjoy him a little bit more in other things. Like I thought in community, he was okay. I kind of liked him in community, but yeah, I know. especially in this movie, he's just, he didn't really serve a purpose. Like he was just weirdly horny and he wanted his son to get it in. He like, he was horny on behalf of his son, which is weird. Um, at one point he like mimics, like if he pretends he has an Asian accent and he lies and he's like, Oh, just kidding. I actually went to Purdue and he gives up on the accent. <laughs> and he's just like just terrible and like not funny throughout the whole thing yeah it's just disappointing but you know i mean honestly if you just look at kang jong as the person like probably staying as a doctor would have been a better choice <laughs> <laughs> okay asian dad no i'm just saying like yo you were already a, you already reached the asian pinnacle like why are you then sidestepping and being like i want to be in the hangover Imagine Ken Jong operating on you and making a dick joke, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. No, um, he is the Asian Kevin Hart. Like that that's nah, that's just who he is. Wow. My, that's you, just you, who he is. You're giving him a lot of credit, man. I kinda like Kevin Hart, to be honest. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't know you had poor taste. He's Asian Kevin Hart at the celebrity game, the NBA celebrity game. Doing no, too much. That's fair. I, I also had Aquafina kind of in this category too. I d I didn't think I don't think she was like um like a bad character per se or, or was over the top but you know if i had, if, if i had to make a list of characters on this that kind of stood out a little bit outside of the main cast it would be ken jong and aquafina's character wow they're, they're getting the pat patterson awards um no the pat patterson award is actually yeah ken jong's definitely there oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, ken yeah. jong's there ken jong's there okay, we I have multiple show... candidates oh I... we have yeah. yeah we're gonna have to debate those um, my next point, because we're going in no order, is um, aspirational. This is, um, you know, Michelle Yeoh's character, oh, Ellen, okay. in, in the badass opening scene where she just walks in, can't get a hotel room, and just buys the hotel. Mm. Um, just, you know, that got me hyped, man. Yeah. And I've read the book. Uh, you know, when I read the book, uh, that chapter got me hyped. Uh, watching it for the first time got me hyped. Rewatching it still got me hyped. Yeah, no, Michelle Yeoh just overall in this movie, like just a badass throughout, man. Like you, you like I think she does the best job of acting and throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe Constance Wu, um, it's close. I think both of them are really good. But yeah, Michelle was really good as sort of that villain turned hero kind of deal. Um, and you know, she just like even just very small subtle things, you know, just throughout the movie. Like I, I think um, the poise that like she's able to deliver with. I think she has like a theater background or something, but I've always really enjoyed watching her, no matter what she's in. Like, um, uh, you know, <clears throat> Marco Polo, the Netflix series. <laughs> oh, wow, I thought you were gonna say uh, Memoirs of a Geisha. Uh, no, 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 I'm gonna go straight to Marco Polo, where she's in season two. Okay. Um, no, but she's just like she has this like composure about herself, and everything is like really intense and like deci- delivered very precisely. Um, and I think it worked really well in this movie. You know, it really like typified that sort of like uh, aristocrat kind of mentality and uh yeah her character was great man yeah the first time when nick flies back to singapore and they see each other Mm. the first thing she says to her son is you need a haircut when this man is like the most well-groomed dude like in the world and he's like he's like oh i'm gonna get you some herbal soup like just just pure asian mom shit Uh, (laughs) like like you know no spoilers but i think she's clearly the number one star of of this movie like i don't think it's even close Mm. um the next note for me was uh, breakout star, uh, my boy Ronnie Chang. Um, you know, he, I think he was probably only in like four or five scenes. Mm-hmm, yeah. But uh, just just as the Asian man who only purely cares about clout and public image and projecting a wealthy and successful uh, image to the public uh, related a lot to that. And, and his delivery is just hilarious. Like, I don't know if you've seen 
his new Netflix special, but did, it's, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's one of my favorite Netflix uh, comedy specials that I've seen in a while. I, I just thought Ronnie was a was a standout based on just you know you like to talk about like the PR like per thirty six minutes like mm. this man was so efficient. Yeah, no, he came in with a Matt Thomas performance. You know, didn't get that many shots, but when he got shots, he he made those shots. Um, yeah, I mean. I think they could have expanded his role a little bit more. I felt like he was a little bit funnier than some of the other cousins. Um, but yeah, it was it was great, man. I mean, you know, the optimal angles thing. I, I just think there's something there's some something about the way he talks that's very funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess he's a because he's very too. deadpan. He's very yeah. dead, right? <laughs> but he's also kind of like intense and like forward about everything. It's great, you know. So yeah, no, definitely want to see more of Ronnie um, in the second one if if they ever if they're ever allowed to make it. <laughs> Um, the next one is uh, mysterious. Uh, Gemma, Gemma Chang as Astrid uh-huh. thought was yep. one of my uh, was one of my favorite characters. I also had her down as uh, most likely to buy the black opal from Howard Ratner and Uncut Gems. Um, <laughs> and that's all I, that's all I have to say about her. No, I thought she was a great character, and obviously for people who've read the book, like she's going to get a bigger role mm-hmm. in the subsequent movies. And this movie did a great job of you know while focusing on like Constance. And her relationship with Henry Golding's character, kind of on the side, building up Gemma Gemma's character as well. Yeah, for sure. Because you know, I, you know, when you watch throughout the movie, I think the first time I watched it, um, I was like, I like her character, but it feels forced. Like I didn't really, I really didn't really understand why I came to learn so much about her life. And then at the end of the movie, the last scene when they're at the like in like the the, the party on that like boat in the sky, um, she meets eyes with like Harry Shum Jr. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, they're going to set it up. Because I didn't read the book, so I, I didn't know, like, what her importance was. So it was very clear that they were setting her up to this sort of another story and this, like, redemption tale for her. But, no, she was cool, man. Um, that scene where she tells her her husband, like, it's not my job to make you feel like a man is just, like, is, is really great. It's really cutting. And then he had to, like, leave and stuff. It was, yeah, shout out to Astrid, man. Also, when she bought, like, what, $1.3 million in, like, just earrings? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If, yeah. if, she, if she met... If she met Howie in in the Uncut Gems universe, like she would have outbid everyone for for the Opal, right. like 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 without a doubt. Um, no, yeah. but I think the scene with her husband was great. Um, just her taking control of the situation, like the back to back scenes at the end when Rachel uh, meets uh, Michelle Yeoh's character for the Mahjong scene, which we'll have to talk about because mm-hmm. I know you have a lot of notes on oh, that. Oh man, so many notes. Yeah, um, don't worry. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll just step to the side when when that happens. But just both of them taking control of their own situation, I thought was really powerful. Um, and no, just uh, just a great character. My next one is uh, Bangers. Just just pure bangers on this soundtrack, bro. Yeah, no, this is why I gotta disagree with you, bro. Oh, what do you no. mean, man? Oh no, bro. The Chinese remakes, the covers of Yellow, the Yo, uh, nah. play Yellow at the end. That almost ruined it for me, man. So I don't know if you know this. The backstory is that John Chu, the director, mm. had write Chris Martin and Coldplay a letter. Because they wouldn't clear the licensing for the song. And he had to explain that this was us kind of taking back what the color yellow means. Okay. Uh, does that change your mind at all? You, you're not feeling this? I can't believe this. I mean, I, I, I see the sentiment, but damn, yellow is just a corny ass song, man. What can I say? And I like Coldplay. I, I'm, I'm like, legitimately, I've listened to like every Coldplay album up until like 2012 before they got really bad. Um, so I like Coldplay, but damn. Yeah, no, Yellow's just kind of corny. But also they, like, remade the song and then, like, they sang it in the tune, but it wasn't, like, translated. 
You know what I mean? Like they just like sang yeah. it in the same tune, but like changed all the words and the meaning. Man, that's yeah. tough, man. I even like the Material Girl remake. Um, um, I just I just thought every song just hit the right note, man. Well, but I guess <laughs> I guess uh, I guess we have different tastes, you know. Well, I mean, do you are you are you a big fan of like '90s canto pop? Because it feels like there's a lot of '90s canto pop. <laughs> no, definitely not. But but I I just thought I just thought it struck the right notes for this movie. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think a lot of it was like. I thought the music musical selections were very interesting because it felt like a lot of Western style music rather than like Eastern style music. It wasn't like traditional. You didn't hear like, um, I don't know, like Arhu or whatever. Like, you know, you didn't hear like some Chinese instruments in it throughout. But like a lot of it was just like Asian people um, or making Chinese and other Asian versions of just like Western style songs in like um, like a like it's like swing music and they'll, they'll make that into like a Chinese thing. And it's just like, it, it actually reflected a lot of just like the people within the movie. Cause like it is so much of the movie is about like colliding of two worlds and how that mixes and how people are going to, you know, deal with uh, changing identities and stuff like that. So, you know, the music being mixed, basically the music I thought was like a banana, you know what I mean? Oh, wow. Okay. Yellow and oh. lyrics, white on like the, the themes, but wow. That's, uh, we, we're going to have to do up a quote graphic for that one, I guess. <laughs> Wow, two pods in a row using the word quote graphic. Oh wow, yeah. didn't know. Oh yeah, I forgot you're an avid listener. Yeah. Um, Big shout out to Ash. It, oh come on, man. Um, so, uh, so the ninth point I have is uh, racist colon. <laughs> oh, <okay>. um, <laughs> I love how when I take control of the pod for 10 things, you really have no idea where it's going to go. Um, so this is a crazy ensemble cast. And I think you mentioned it earlier. You know, I just found it really hard to keep track of all the names. And the people. So I actually developed some empathy for people who confuse the two of us. Is all I'm saying. I mean, I hear you. I thought you were going to say racist because, like, uh, they didn't have any other non-east asian people oh, oh right 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 especially so, in singapore which is like really a mix of people especially in like you know you know, uh, uh, you know all so, they had with the all they had was the guard when when packling drove that's what uh, i'm saying yeah like so i actually went through and really counted so they had multiple uh, pretty much all the guards like when they're at the hotel you could see guards and the guards were all like you know south asian and you know wearing these weird like costumes i guess I, I don't really know like uniforms like they look like soldiers in like the 1950s but yeah i mean like those are the only brown people in the whole movie and then like the only white people was there was like one white waiter in um that scene where they're about in the hangar and they're about to split off for the bachelorette party and the bachelor party and then there's just like random assorted um white people partying on the uh, bachelor party which is actually quite fitting because I feel like half of white people in Asia they're just there to party, <laughs> just fucking uh, waste people partying and teaching English. Um, no, that's very true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and my last point is uh, climax colon, and okay. this is setting the stage for you to talk about the the Mahjong scene uh, with Rachel, Eleanor, and uh, I guess they hired two random people who were half deaf. <laughs> Which, first of all, before you actually break down the scene, like for Rachel to do that and then just walk away from the game, um, like she broke a lot of rules. Oh, definitely. Because she had a winning hand as well, and she broke the, that rule. Yeah. Um, like a lot of rules were broken, but but um, I know I know you uh, study this scene diligently, so so I'll let you take it away. Yeah. No, shout out to them because like 
they were very patient with everything. The only explanation of them not speaking anything was like, oh, they only speak Hokkien. And it's like, okay, but like, they'd probably tell you to hurry the hell up because you guys talk, you're taking forever. Like, Mahjong is a quick moving game. No one just sits there and thinks for like a solid minute. This ain't chess, man. So that one's been a mad annoying. Um, no, the scene was great because like it, you know, I, I went through and like really carefully looked through everything just to make sure like the game made sense. You know what I mean? Like, because you know, when you, when you watch basketball movies, and you see something and you're like, this shit isn't realistic. You know what I mean? Like, um, the way this guy dribbles isn't realistic or whatever. But, like, the way they set up the game in the Magion was actually really well done. Um, I I wrote down, the, you know, everyone's hand and whatever. Uh, but it was it was set up, like, really perfectly. Like, Constance actually picks up the eight stripe. So, she was going to win because she had six, seven, eight. And she already had three of the four stripe, three of the west symbol, two centrals, and three of the three stripe. So she, she was okay, man. Yeah, she, no, she, she, her. Well, I don't know what it is in China. In she English. ran the hammer play. Yeah. No, but no, she for real. She had it ready, and then she like yep. really gives it up, and it's actually perfect because Michelle has like a perfect hand otherwise to win. But um, the only thing I really nitpicked from this scene, like in terms of just the magong itself, we could talk about the significance. Like, um, apparently, like, in one of the camera shots, like, you can kind of see one of the other two, like, silent women has four of the two, um, cake. Okay. Yeah, in her hand, which I'm like, if I'm not mistaken, if you have four of a kind, why don't you just put them on the table and then you can draw an extra one from the back? Right. So it doesn't make sense for her to hold it in her hand and not put it, like, on the table. So that's my only critique, but that was, this is, you know, <laughs> this is too obs- too obscure. I mean, you were look. Listen, you were the Mahjong like prodigy or whatever. Like, what, what were your thoughts when you watched the scene? Um, you know, my only thought was, and I know every scene, and it's a movie, and you have to suspend your reality. But you know, if Rachel was going to make her point, I, I thought she was just taking. She wasn't playing her odds right for for ma- for making <laughs> Eleanor to sit down at the Mahjong table. Because what if she just had a trash hand? And she couldn't drop that hammer of, of, of the eight and giving the tile to her, you know, like, like yeah. it just felt like a lot of things had to happen. And I guess it's just a, and I, I get it's just a movie. But um, this scene really confused a lot of people when oh, they yeah. watched it. Definitely. Like, like there had to be a lot of explainer articles online and, and things like that. But I, I tried to remove myself as someone and you as well. Like we both understand how Mahjong works. But I feel like even if you didn't understand how Mahjong works, you could still take away from the scene mm-hmm. what like Rachel and Eleanor are kind of con- communicating to each other. Like, Rachel kind of saying that she is willing to like put family first and and you know not like try to win everything and things like that. Like I feel like even if you didn't have a knowledge of Mahjong, people should still get the scene. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the sentiment is clearly there because it looked like. I mean, again, it's hard because we we do play Mahjong, so we understand exactly what's going on. But, like, the way she, like, pauses and then puts her hand together and then takes that one hand, uh, like, card out and puts it back on the table and Michelle wins with it. Like, you should kind of understand that she forfeited the winning hand. You know what I mean? Um, but, I mean, yeah, that's just me. I mean, honestly, when I watched this back, it was like the acting was amazing. That that was the best part about it. Because, again, it, it didn't even necessarily matter that even if it was just they were playing Mahjong and it's just like a background thing. Um, it was just really well done in like the small subtle reactions like uh, when Michelle saw her hand and then when Michelle saw like looked into the eyes of um, Rachel's mom who was sitting like at another table just randomly leaving like you you can't just leave in the middle of the game man like are you not no, considered for other people playing that, Mahjong <laughs> what the fuck 
I, I think that was grounds for her to to be uh, not not be allowed to uh, in the family. Like, Yo, for real, like <laughs> what? You're just gonna leave in the middle of a game? That's it's not fair. Um, no, it's, and it's not fair to 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 the other two women who who were invited to this game, um, who probably you know wanted to win some amount of money for their own family. Yeah. Um, like you know, but that's uh, I guess that's another topic for another day maybe that's just uh, another metaphor about you know just just class wars um wow. yeah but or maybe the movie's not that deep before we get into the three stars and the awards do you mm. have any other thoughts on this movie that we didn't touch on um i really appreciated the grandma just coming in every single time and trumping the mom because that's exactly how that works yes the generational dynamic was was very accurate yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's just really like everyone like in the movie was very respectful of Michelle Yeoh's character because like she's like the matriarch of the family. But then really, when the grandma comes in and just like cuts her down in every step, like one point that she just comes in, she's like, "Ah, oh, your dumplings are ugly." <laughs> just like, yo, this is killing me, man. Um, yeah. So it was, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the grandma a lot. Also, she was speaking Mandarin, so I didn't need the subtitles um okay man okay uh what else uh one one other small nitpick i had was how did they get rachel's mom from new york to uh singapore like overnight okay like i, I don't know man it's like a 16 hour flight at least right um, yeah no, how, I think how did they fair. do that maybe, <laughs> I don't know. maybe maybe it was a 16 hour helicopter ride um but seriously <laughs> like what do they do like they put her on a nasa shuttle like she did kind of appear out of nowhere yeah but I liked her character a lot, though. I thought she she played her really well. Um, was really, like, definitely an example of sort of a more Western-style uh, Asian-American parent. You know, like, was a little bit more understanding. Uh, gave Rachel her space to operate, so like that. Clearly, Michelle did not do that with uh, Henry Golding's character. Um, and then the other thing was really just um, the UK-slash-American angle. Because, mm -hmm. like, you know, a lot of the old money comes from uh, the connections with England and trade with England. Obviously, England uh, colonized, uh, like, parts of China and created um, Hong Kong uh, as uh, one of two ports that were going to trade internationally. So the UK was able to, you know, profit heavily through colonialism. And it, it made sense that, 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 you know, the Hong Kong connection would be more loyal to England. And then there's that sort of contrast, the attitude against England versus the attitude against, like, um, the U.S. And people are just kind of, like, always looking down on the U.S., you know what I mean, in a way. And it's it, it's it's another idea of sort of, like, new money versus old money that is also one of the themes in the, throughout the movie, so. Yeah, no, that's oh, a really good point. The yeah. other thing, when you talk about, like, um, all of those different things, is it, interesting because... This movie like flopped in China, right? Yeah. Like like nobody cared about this movie in China because this is just like they view it, I, I think, just as an Asian American depiction right. of like Asian wealth, and it's like this is not anything that's creatively interesting to them, mm. um, or or it's anything that they can really relate to, which I thought like away from the movie is one of the most interesting things about this film, how this was like so praised and such a huge hit. In North America, and meanwhile in Asia, it was it was a pure bust. Yeah, I mean, it's just two completely different worlds. Like this is very much made for an Asian American audience. Like, I I don't really see this. Like, it, yeah, it didn't really make sense that this would be a big hit in Asia. Because I I think you know what one of the interesting things with um how Asians have sort of changed over time is that there was especially in like the nineties and early two thousands there was such a drive towards 
going to America and that made that was like the biggest thing in the world. It was like if you were gonna make it, you're gonna make it in America. So much trust in like the um the American way of life, the American dream, and people really bought into that. And then sort of as Asia became wealthier on the whole, it's economically, especially the East Asian countries, um, that attitude just kind of like slipped away. And I think once they got, once we got richer, it was like, all right, let's just focus and like value our own things, especially because people kind of went to America and realized that like, you're not really gonna, like that dream is there and you can make money, but you're not going to be seen as equal. And there was always that empty void. So I think over time, like that attitude has changed. So I think if this movie came out like 10 years ago, I think maybe even 15 years ago, like I think it actually would be a pretty big hit in Asia because I think at that time, Asians still thought very well of Americans. But at this point, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, tepid at best, especially because, you know, it seems like the U.S. might go into a Cold War with China for no fucking reason. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's not a, <laughs> this is not, a, this is not CNN, uh, Don Lemon. All right. Um, no, I, I think that's a great point because uh, uh, Western culture in America uh, used to be such an aspirational thing mm-hmm. for for Asians, not just um, living in Asia, but even for people like us growing up here. Like, like we looked at Western culture and yeah. so many different aspects of it with such reverence. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like maybe it's more coming from like the, the rich Asian people that are coming from Asia, but um, they seem to just be carving out their own path now, right? Yeah. Like, like we're we're so we're so self-sufficient that we don't need to look up to this thing like we can just create our own wealth yeah exactly and, and you can tell because there's even like an, uh, and like animosity towards america in the movie like ken jong's character one of the things he says is like he tells his kids like you better make sure you eat those nuggets because there's kids in america starving and i'm like you know, that, all, that's just a all. randomly don't, don't anti-american quote, comment don't ever quote ken jong <laughs> yeah. in any serious conversation okay all right fair enough <laughs> what's wrong with this guy uh so on to the three stars um i think number one we agree that it's michelle Yeoh's character mm, yeah um, easily too yeah easily like like what what's your what's your number two star number two has got to be constance for me i i think um yeah like she just played it really well you know what i mean like uh, obviously the story's about her and uh, she's the main character but like you know it's really cool that uh, actually, it was really cool that throughout the movie, like, it was, like, a bunch of, like, um, dudes who were rich and whatever, but they were all, like, side characters, like, the people who re- really drove decisions and drove the story um, and, like, stepped up were all women, and I thought, you know, I thought Constance Wu's character, it was great, it was another coming-of-age kind of story where, you know, she really, um, you know, firms up and really, you know, goes out and gets what she wants and and she did a really good job acting it you know throughout because there was this way where i feel like with a lot of roles that i've seen her in is that like she's able to portray the sort of like um not necessarily meekness but like uh she's like very quiet but at the same time like very sturdy and willing to um and and able to like deliver you know like and and really act like like i found like especially in hustlers too like she was kind of the same way where uh, on on the surface, your first impression of that character might have been that, you know what, she might be a pushover, but then she really takes uh, matters into her own hands. So just overall, yeah, she was good, man. Yeah. So um, third star, um, do we agree? It'll be uh, our guy, Nick Young, <laughs> Henry Golding, Swaggy C. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I gave strong consideration to, um, I gave strong consideration to Nico Santos for this. <laughs> 
<laughs> Explain. Just because he's he's good, you know? Like, he's another guy who steals a lot of scenes. And he's mm-hmm. probably, like, the least famous of all the actors in there. Mm-hmm. Right? But, like, he just really comes out on top. He's very memorable. Um, He's very, like, cutting in everything he says. Like a rich person cutting, you know? Um, that he was, and, and, of course, he's one of the heroes of the movie, but... Because, you know, honestly, Nick Young, like, what did he really do? You know, he just, like, was there. He's like, yeah, I want to, you know, propose to this girl. You know, you know what? doesn't let's, really uh, stand up to his mom. You know what? I'm, I'm happy to make the... Let's let's put let's put Nico in as our third star. Let's go. <laughs> let's put Nico in. Um, Patrick Patterson Award. Um, I don't need to elaborate on this. It's Ken Jeong. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll move on. And, oh, no, no, no. Uh, hold on. No, no, no. Oh, you got more? There's other candidates, man. There's a lot of Pat Patterson Awards in this one. All I right. put Colin. I put Colin there as well at one point i just didn't know what his utility was as nick's best friend like did like like, what did colin do in this movie uh i don't know but also isn't isn't the best man supposed to plan like the bachelor party i guess he ultimately does because they fly them away but no but it's colin's it's colin's wedding right yeah exactly yeah yeah but like but why isn't henry golding like planning that oh yeah no that's true that that's doesn't true. make any sense maybe he was yeah. in america and he couldn't do it but i mean yeah I, I had colin um as as a potential uh patrick patterson award winner too who else did you have i had uh the chinese cover of yellow by coldplay <laughs> oh wow nope sorry it's my podcast it's disagree. Uh, yeah i was actually gonna gonna open the podcast with that banger <laughs> oh okay and then uh, um and then the other patrick patterson award winner is constance Wu's chinese like her mandarin is just like I don't know what she was doing with it, but it was just really slow. Yeah. You know, it honestly, the best way to describe it is Constance Wu's Mandarin in this movie was Serge Ibaka's English. Okay. Like, just like... Just... Okay, let's get another cold graphic ready. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was just weirdly bad. Like, she was speaking so slowly, yeah. and I was like, what's going on? I'll accept it, but I'm not putting this in the description because I don't want any problems. Uh... All right, all right. Wow. Constance is known to uh, to take issues with, with criticism. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> We'll just keep it buried in the podcast. Um, and anyone else? No, that's it. That's it. Um, so officially, it'll be Ken Jong. Um, we're gonna erase any criticism of the soundtrack. Um, um, and that's uh, yeah, you know, that's how propaganda works. Wow. Uh, the Gerald Henderson Award for me, it was Ronnie Chang and Gemma Chang. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was. I, I had Nico Santos is is a potential option here, but I think we've already given them third star, so it doesn't really make sense to give them another one here. I mean, I mean, low key, I kind of know. I kind of enjoyed Aquafina's character. I thought she was fine. Okay. Yeah, you know, helpful, like a good friend. You know, uh, doesn't fully make sense that you know she never ex- like if they're best friends. Why didn't like she already know that the Nick that uh, Constance Wu was dating was Nick Young? Like. She should have known that a year. Like, I mean, if they had been dating a whole year and they're best friends, like, you would know who that person is. You sent him a picture or something. So it didn't fully make sense to me that she only realized midway through the movie. She's like, oh, wow, you're dating this dude. Like, it feels like that should have happened earlier. But no, she was great. You know, she came up with some great outfits. Great outfits. Like that, um, the first scene when you see her in where she's coming out of the house in pajamas and it's like like silk pajamas and those like tiger and stuff on it. And I was like, and her hair. And I'm like, 
Uh, all right, uh, queer eye over here. Um, so, <laughs> all right, I, I'll I'll allow Aquafina. I think maybe I was just a little bit underwhelmed. Maybe because I enjoyed her more in the farewell, but obviously she had a bigger role. Yeah. In, in that movie, we got to add that to the React pod list too. By the way. All right, we're just gonna do every. Asian we, movie. we have to do we have to do the farewell. So okay, so so I'll put Aquafina on there. Yeah. So Aquafina. Okay, that's it, man. I don't know if you have, you have anything else to add about this movie. Um, I, I was definitely a big, big fan of it on the rewatch. Um, well, I guess the only question is, do you think they're going to make number two? They will. You keep pushing this narrative that nobody's going to want to see Asians, which is probably you, true. I'm telling but you, it's not hot for us right now. <laughs> there's so much, there's so much money on the line and the people who consume this are, are just people who just want to watch a rom-com such as yourself. Okay. So no, I think you know when when life gets back to normal again in in eighteen months, mm. um, uh, I think it's full speed ahead. I think they're I feel like they're filming both the sequels at the same time this time, but I, I can't I can't confirm that. So I know I'm and I'm pretty excited to watch the second movie because I think people like Gemma Chan's character is going to get elevated and, and there's going to be new characters introduced and, and new storylines. Like I'm expecting the second movie to probably be better than this one. Okay. Wow. That's high expectations. And they got to get a whole new cast too. There's not that many more rich Asians. Can we get Bobby Webster in there? I feel like Bobby Webster would have fit perfect in this movie. Honestly, man, if me and you had a little bit more clout, <laughs> We could get in there for one okay, scene. Okay. It's just me and you flying to Singapore to film Run It Back and we and then like <laughs> we can't pass through customs. Holy made, shit. Because you made too many no, we go to China and, and we can't get in because you made too many propaganda edits on Twitter of us. <laughs> <laughs> We're just in the background. You're like, yo man, that shit was just jokes as you're getting hauled off. <laughs> no, like please. <laughs> I was um, born here. No, you're you're right though. Like, um, I'm not sure if they're adding more people to the ensemble cast. Like, there's not really a lot of Asians. Yeah. Um, but there are, though. You just gotta, yeah. I mean, just the, the next crop of famous Asians, though? Because there's not that many famous Asian Americans, you know what I mean? Like, who's the biggest celebrity out of all of these people? I think Ken Jeong might have been the most famous out of all of them. Well, they totally brought him on just for clout, right? Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't know. They, they, yeah. Anyways, I've said enough about Ken Jeong. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll be back next week and uh, with my friend John as well. Will, John, and I are going to do a React pod about Asian parents. <laughs> just just Asian parents How in general. How is that a React pod? This is not a film. <laughs> we're we're going to give uh, Patrick Patterson Award, Gerald Henderson Award, and three stars of Asian parent tendencies. Okay. Um, so um, like a Gerald Henderson Award would be, you know, when your parents just make you food when you're not even hungry. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, so, uh, we'll be back next Friday with that. And, you know, the daily pod rolls on, uh, we'll have five more episodes next week. Got, got wow. Blake on gonna, gonna do a react pod about King of the Ring 93, my favorite pay-per-view WWF pay-per-view okay. from the nineties. Um, our, our close friend Arun. Yes. Uh, we'll be on to induct some jerseys into the Coachella 2030 Hall of Fame. This is my favorite uh, one, man. I'll do my weekly catch up with Larry and our Yahoo colleague Ashley is going to come on and we're going to do a react pod about friends. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait. How much of friends have you seen so far? Uh, I've only watched like three episodes and, and I'm not planning on doing any more. So oh. I'm just going to have Ashley carry the episode. Um, you know, friends, basically the wire for Karen's. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> wow. Shut it down. Shut it down. Let's go home. Wow, wow. I already leaked I already Jeez. leaked the script for next week. Holy. Um no, we got I got a lot of fun things, man. I got our boy Joe Cash. We're gonna do a Sopranos React pod. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Furio? <laughs> Um, I've got a list for us. So, so there's a new Netflix series, Tiger, Tiger Tale, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Our movie that we have to watch, um, mm-hmm. and do a react pod on Parasite. We have to do at some point. All right, cool. Yeah. I mean, you want to do? Think you want to do Burn- now, so. Burning? Do I want to do Burning? I can watch Burning. I mean, the thing is, I've watched, I watched Burning twice. But you know what? If you want to do it, I'm totally down. No, let's put that I, on. The I, could, I could put you on some some real obscure shit, but I mean, it wouldn't be good to talk about because like no one else has seen it, so. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to keep it a little mainstream. Um, you know, I've uh, I've decided I need to be a little bit more audience friendly. Uh, Rush Hour Three is on Netflix. If you <laughs> give that a go, no. What are we doing, man? No, this is you don't bro, want to Rush, do Rush Hour, Hour Three, bro. Rush Hour Three is the Ken Jong of Rush Hours. All right. <laughs> no, but that's why that's why it's gonna be so good. Ah, uh, shit. Yeah, no, no it's washed up Chris Tucker and and slightly washed up uh, Jackie Chan. That that team is honestly the 2012 Lakers. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah no, I think that's a I think that's a good comparison. Yeah. All right, man, that does it. Uh, thanks, Will, for for coming on again and for letting me steal your format. And um, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll chat again next week. Go, everyone, go watch Run It Back. Oh yeah, watch Run It Back. It's out now. So yeah, please go click it. All right, Will, appreciate it. Uh, send me the audio file. Okay, I will. And and I'll produce it too if you want. Yeah, make sure you edit out uh, when we had that little thing uh, at the 49-minute mark. Yeah, I got it. All right. All right, right, man. See ya. All right.